And again, you're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. Jason Sample in the studio with you. And we will continue our series of artist profiles this week by talking with an artist from the Fredonia area. Marsha Marins is a sculptor, and we're going to learn more about her and her work during our conversation today. So with that being said, Marsha, thank you for taking time out and talking with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a joy to be here, really. Thank right. you. Happy to talk with you and learn more about your artwork and share that uh, information with our listeners. And, and I think maybe a good place to begin with is just having you tell us a little bit, a little bit about the kind of art you make. Uh, do you have a specific medium you prefer to work in or, or a style you try to follow? Um, well, I'll, I'll gather those questions together in one answer for you. Uh, so I'm a clay artist. Um, and I tend to gravitate towards the more whimsical side of pottery. Uh, and my work is hand-built, which means um, more sculptural in design. Although every potter starts at a wheel, um, I kind of uh, moved away from that a bit because, of course, everything on a wheel is round, uh, for one thing. Um, so it takes me a little bit longer um, to create uh, this way rather than uh, items that are formed on a wheel. When you when you become proficient at wheel throw at play throwing on a wheel, you can kind of create bowls and mugs and plates really fast. Um, so mine takes a bit more time. All right, and, and what why well rather why do you? Uh... Why did you decide to pursue this, this style of artwork? Oh, um, I filled a class um, at a clay studio in uh, Fredonia that a friend of mine who collected beach glass wanted to learn how to incorporate beach glass into clay or thought she could. Uh, and I took the class very reluctantly because I was busy with other things uh, in my life, but I figured I'm always open to try something new. Uh, and I just uh, found that that was um, fun, you know, really fun to do. And then uh, I think everybody kind of finds their way. First, the first things you make in a class, of course, are all together, uh, the same, kind of. And then you kind of make it your own. And eventually I moved, I just moved off the wheel and just started to put my hands on the clay a different way. All right. Now, now I know oftentimes when you talk with visual artists who do uh, painting and things like that, they have the advantage of working at home a lot of times or going outdoors and, and doing the work uh, uh, plan air, air style. But but I know with, mm-hmm. with pottery, it, it, you may be um, somewhat precluded in, in the areas you can do the work or even when it comes to uh, working within a studio do, do you have your own home studio where you can actually uh, do the baking yourself on site or do you have I to do. okay I do I do what happened is um, I used to go to Mud, it was called mudslingers Ron Nasca and uh, that's where I spent some time and I was very happy there um, but when I started to make my footed bowls which I'll talk about in a moment they were they're pretty big for a kiln. I mean, they're not just a little mug or something that fits in a kiln. So it was costing, and you pay for that when you have somebody else fire for you. And in the course of the year, I realized that I spent as much money firing it as I would if I did it, if I bought a kiln. 
So my husband, and most husbands wouldn't do this, but he gave me um, one of the bays in the garage. And um, I have a kiln in there and a small studio. And uh, because it's a garage, I just open up the garage door and I work outside. Most potters don't get to say that, but I can work outside. And I'm very happy, actually. I'm very lucky to have that. All right, Husband of the Year Award right there, then. He does, he does, he really does. I started, actually, in the basement, but there's so much dust uh, with clay. Clay is really, you know, sometimes I wish I would have fallen in love with a different kind of art, you know, (laughs) where you could pick up your paintbrushes and your easel and just march all over the place or, you know, walk on the beach, collect beach gallus jewelry and carry it in two suitcases to a show. So when I do a show or when I, um, you know, want to be a part of like the art trail that's coming up, it's it's heavy stuff and breakable. Um, So it's really and dirty. So it's not the best hobby to have, I have to say. All right. You mentioned it's a hobby. So my next question is, how much time do you spend on this hobby? Uh, do, you, do you spend a lot of time working on this craft or do you try, do you try to follow a, a schedule or is it really more when inspiration strikes and, and time allows? Uh, pretty much. Um, I do. The interesting thing is, uh, is that, you know, during this COVID, um, everybody on hold moment in our lives, uh, the shows, the arts and craft shows that potters usually participate in, of course, are not. And um, so in the winter, I'm preparing for those. And since they didn't happen, I have my arsenal of pots for shows. So in the summer, it gives me, this summer, it gives me more time to fool around, so to speak. Uh, I'm not under pressure to replace inventory, although each one of my pieces are one of a kind. So my inventory is not like I have, you know, 50 cups sitting around waiting to go on a shelf at a show. So when I work on, when I sculpt something, um, let's say the footed bowls, it usually takes me probably two and a half hours to create the um, bowl from a bag of clay. I mean, I don't use any forms at all, and so it takes a while, but uh, I, I'm not a production potter, you know, and I do this uh, mostly for the joy. Actually, it brings me, and it brings the people that uh, look at it, if it's at a show or or buy it, you know, it just makes them smile. But um, the evolution of the footed bowls is kind of interesting. Um if you look at a bottom of a bowl you eat your cereal out of, Jason, that they, in clay terms we call that a foot. Okay. And I don't know why I don't know why they call it a foot, but it's called the foot of the bowl. But there is an iconic squat terracotta bowl at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, and it's about three thousand BC. And potters at that time created a lot of uh, ceramic pieces that usually had a terracotta. But there's one. This particular bowl is is shaped, um, and it has human feet. So this round bowl, which is tipped slightly forward, as if to offer its contents, uh, have these two feet. And I don't know whether we call the foot of the bowl that evolved from that bowl 
or whether I make my footed bowls from that bowl, the image of that bowl. And because I had that bowl years ago, a copy of it, and it just got to be something I wanted to make at Mudslinger. So I created a bowl with feet, and then it tipped over. It kept tipping over. It was really funny. It was like a cartoon character that just kept tipping. So I had to make the feet bigger and the legs longer, and then I started to put shoes on the feet and clothes on the bowl. And so now I have these um, footed bowls which are um, really kind of fun for people because they can be made to order. So I can do a Jason sample bowl, right? Whatever shoes you're wearing, whatever pants and shirt you're wearing, I can make a bowl. And so that has become really fun for people um, to get. And uh, there's there's a bowl that... Uh, evokes Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz and somebody who works for a place called Dorothy's House, which is a hospice center, that went there. There are two-footed bowls of a Cleveland Brown and a Pittsburgh Steeler that went to two brothers who cheer for different teams. So custom bowls are kind of fun to do as well as the ones that just come out of my mind and my heart, I guess. And, and, and the way you explain some of the uh, some of the work that you have done, it, it alludes to your reference of whimsical. The the style of art you sometimes will approach as as, as a whimsical, and and uh, I would yeah. imagine that's 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 fun to do. <laughs> that type it of is. Style, you, know, it, yeah. you know, I listened to your um, interview with Carolyn Grady, and um, one of the things she commented on was that. Uh, Painting for her helps her work out when she's in a difficult place. Painting helps her um, alleviate some of the stress she's in. And I have to say that for me, I can only work when I'm not stressed. You know, when I'm in a good place and everything is right in the world. And so the the pieces that I do um, have no darkness to them. They are whimsical, and when people look at my booth when I'm at a show, they smile. Um, Everybody smiles when they come in. They just find uh, not only the footed bowls, but the uh, uh, animals that I sculpt as well just makes them happy. Uh, And I think that follows um, my luckily my approach to life i'm pretty happy um most of the time all right again we're talking with marcia Marin, sculptor from the fredonia area talking about some of the artwork that she has done and, and her approach to uh, making art here in arts on fire today so you know we, we already hit it upon some of the uh, questions i had in terms of a specific process you might follow or or trying to set a goal in the number of pieces you might try to complete in a specific time period but but i did want to ask you a little bit more about the training or education you've received. So you mentioned taking classes at Mudslingers and then slowly uh, branching off into uh, working on your own independently. But but do you still try to uh, learn new techniques or try to remain, uh, you know, continuing education in this process? Absolutely. I belong to a group of potters uh, in the area called Chautauqua Area Potters. And uh, they do, uh, well, they're the ones that organize the Empty Bowls Project 
which I'm sure you heard about. Yes. Um, and I'll talk about that in a bit. But the uh, people who are in Chautauqua area potters do a lot of wood firing. Uh, and so uh, we have a kiln up in Sheridan, New York, where uh, we gather mm, once a month while the weather is good and uh, fire pieces uh, using wood. And, of course, uh, that is totally different than um, the footed bowls that I make. And uh, the uh, way they come out of the kiln is somewhat unpredictable. And so uh, I've expanded uh, what I do to be a part of that group that does wood firing. And so I can, I can build the pieces or create the pieces in my studio, but I can't fire them there. Uh, so that is a nice kind of congenial group of potters, and uh, we have a really good time, but it's a lot of work. We have to get a lot of wood from all over the county <laughs> right. and haul it up there. So it's kind of uh, something that what went beyond what I originally learned in uh, mudslingers. The other thing um, that I learned to do, which I actually do uh, in my driveway <laughs> is a raku firing and uh, the, a lot of the animals that I make are made that way and uh, you create the uh, sculpture out of a certain kind of clay uh, and you biscuit which means it goes into the kiln at about 1700 degrees uh, to dry out any moisture that is left in the clay and then you glaze it and if you um, put raku glazes on it, uh, you heat it up in a kiln outdoors, and then you put on fireproof gear, and you open the kiln, which is at 1,800 degrees or so. You lift it out, and you drop it into a metal trash can with dry leaves, and the leaves catch fire, huh. and then you cover it, and the fire uses up the oxygen and creates these wonderful patterns randomly on the figures, and they're absolutely gorgeous. And so I do that by myself uh, in my driveway, and uh, I learned initially how to do that at Mudslingers, but now I'm on my own. I had a te te uh, technical question for you. You're mentioning the, the temperature that you um, will will for lack of a better word, bake these uh, items in. Uh, mm -hmm. But when it comes to wood firing, I have a hard time imagining that the temperature can get as high as 17 or 1800 degrees, or can it with, with a, a wood powered oh, yeah. kiln? Okay. It does. All it absolutely right. does. It gets, uh, well, every time you make a piece out of clay, uh, it has to sit on a shelf until it's called bone dry, until it's basically air dried, and then it goes in a kiln to be bisque which means it just bakes, bakes, bakes out all the moisture. And then you, then it would go either into a wood kiln or it goes into a raku uh, firing that I just explained to you. Or if you're using uh, an electric kiln, depending upon the clay body, it would go into electric kiln. So, but everything, the first two stages of air drying and bisking, every piece of clay undergoes those two steps. 
All right. So you mentioned the uh, the one piece of work that inspired you from 3000 BC. So going back nearly 5000 <laughs> years, this, this isn't a, a, yep. a new style of artwork by any means, that's for sure. Uh, but, but are you inspired by other artists? Uh, and if so, who are they and why or how have they inspired you in your work? You know, uh, nothing is new. Uh, I have to say um, uh, every every bit of work we do is uh, personal. And even though uh, I'm in awe of anybody who has a special talent um, in the arts or music or um, talking on the radio, Jason, I, I admire everybody that has great skill in that. But I think um, if I, it's like when I saw that little squat bowl, I think you take an idea. Obviously, I didn't create that, but I took the idea, and you run with it, and you make it your own. Um, So, for example, there are many sculptures who create animals, right? I mean, you can go online and find hundreds, thousands of people that create animals in clay. But each artist's hands leaves its mark on the figure. Uh, so my, all of my animals have a certain commonality. Uh, some people say they're sweet-looking, <laughs> and I think that's true. You know, I mean, they have to have a certain appeal to me, and, uh, and I smile when I make it, and then, as I said, people smile when they see it. So I think I... I Everybody takes a little bit uh, from all their life experiences and things they've seen and incorporates it into what they do, I think, in art. Okay. So so is there a particular piece or series of pieces that, that you're most proud of? If so, uh, why, why is that? Well, I think uh, I, you can tell from my conversation, but uh, the footed balls just tickle me so much. Uh, and no... I haven't gone to a craft show uh, where I see another potter that makes what I do, you know, makes uh, footed bowls or anything like that. So I think the uniqueness uh, gives me great pride that I created something that nobody else does. Um, There are a lot of wonderful potters. Uh, Mostly they can produce stuff really quickly, uh, and they make their living at it, um, and I just think my um, footed bowls are just whimsical and happy, happy pottery, uh, and they, they can be functional. I mean, you, you could put your keys in them or food in them <laughs> or eat your soup out of it if you wanted to, but they're, they're mostly just um, a piece that uh, draws attention, really. All right. So let's uh, just get your thoughts in general about the uh, the importance of art. Why do you think art serves an important role in our community? You know, uh, I'm president of North Shore Arts Alliance, and the thrust basically of that organization, and as well as my belief, is that uh, art is is believe it or not an economic driver in any healthy community. Uh, if the arts are alive, not just the visual arts, but all the arts, then the community is alive. Uh, I remember many years ago when we moved here, uh, one of the things I looked at was what this 
community had to offer in terms of the arts, performing arts, visual arts. And one of the reasons we moved here was that it answered that question for me. So um, I believe more than anything that uh, a healthy arts organization, uh, a healthy art community is important uh, in this county. Um, one of the things uh, I'm a part of, as as well as many other artists in the area, is the uh, Chautauqua Lake Erie Art Trail mm-hmm. open um, studio tour, uh, and and it's an opportunity not only for artists to show and sell their work, but to talk about it um, and uh, to give people insight on how we go about creating it. Um, We live in and find our inspiration in one of the most beautiful regions in New York State. So, you know, as you travel around, and in this particular case on Memorial, uh, not Memorial Weekend, (laughs) Labor Day weekend this year, uh, you can drive through the vineyards and actually visit these artists using safe distancing, of course, uh, and uh, contribute to um, the community in a very meaningful way. Um, I wanted to kind of emphasize that we usually do it on Memorial Day weekend, but because of uh, the COVID pandemic, we moved it to Labor Day weekend. And we also recognize, like my studio, I take over my husband's garden shed, and that becomes like a gallery. And since I'll be open here, uh, you can. It's easy to safe distance, and we're outside, so um, it's a great opportunity to be safe and yet uh, enjoy something wonderful that's happening uh, that weekend in Chautauqua County. There's not much else going on uh, actually this summer. And from what I recall, folks who want to learn more about all the artists, including yourself in specific location, can go online to uh, Facebook, and there's a Chautauqua Lake Erie Region Art Trail uh, Facebook page set up where people can get all the details about all the various artists if they want to uh, learn more about uh, this annual event that, as you noted, is very important to our, to our region. So, Yeah, it's actually a wonderful opportunity for people to you know, travel the county and with a purpose, with a purpose. And uh, and artists, you know, we're hungry because we haven't had any shows, so we're we're hungry to see people and talk about what we do. So it would be delightful. Wonderful. So you answered this question uh, a little bit earlier on in our conversation, and again, Mm -hmm. we're wrapping up our conversation with Marsha Marins from Fredonia, a sculptor from the Fredonia area. And is that the right term, I should say, referring to you as a sculptor, or do you prefer potter? Um, I use them interchangeably. Okay. Well, I'm using them interchangeably, too, so I I should have asked that ahead of time. So, you know, you you did hit upon this a little bit and talk about how when people see your artwork, that makes they they smile, and, and that's gratifying to you. I mean, is that all you hope to get from people when when they see your artwork is to sort of lift their spirits a little bit or is there more to what you hope to get from people when they when they view your your work well uh i i think they appreciate the uniqueness of it and uh certainly um when i explain how i go about creating and firing i think people are more are very interested in the firing processes. So I think they learn something as well. 
whenever uh, somebody asks about how I create something. I think even you learned a couple of things today. Certainly. I try to learn everything in all of my conversations here on the radio. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not doing my job. I like to think that anyway, but who knows? <laughs> we talked about the studio tour. Uh, where else can people uh, find your artwork or how can they find your artwork if they want to learn more about you and, and your work and maybe even purchase an item or two? Yeah, well, my, the name of my business, by the way, is Nitty Gritty Works, K-N-I-T-I-G-R-I-T-I Works. And you could put a .com after that and find my website. And that's on Instagram. And I mentioned the Art Trail. And I'm also in uh, Chautauqua Lake Gallery, uh, Leslie Calamieri's gallery. And she's also on the Art Trail. Uh, And um, (laughs) it's interesting that my name is Nitty Gritty Works because when I I started pottery and I realized if I, I had to stop making it or sell it, right, uh, I already gave all the pots I could give to my friends. Uh, then uh, I decided for I had to get a business name. I was also making felted purses at the time. So I said, well, I'll go to these, you know, shows and I'll sell my knitted felted purses and my clay. So that's why I named it Nitty Gritty Works. Uh, the grit is in the clay that I use. So I... I I thought that was kind of funny, but people say, why are you nitty gritty? And so I'm telling you, so nobody has to wonder about that. Um, and now I don't have to, now, and now I don't have to ask that question because that was something I was curious about. So thank you. <laughs> well, the other thing is, uh, is that some of the shows, some of the exhibitions uh, that we normally have, North Shore Arts Alliance sponsors exhibitions uh, for their uh, artists. And uh, often they're at the um, Octagon Gallery. There, there was also one in the Adams Art Center in Dunkirk uh, last year. But uh, this year, the Octagon Gallery, um, which is part of the Westfield Library, has a virtual exhibition. So if you go there, you can uh, look that up uh, and have a virtual tour of uh, North Shore Arts Alliance exhibitions. One is uh, now archived, but one is coming up, which would be uh, North Shore Arts Alliance women artists. So it will just be women at this particular show. The other thing I wanted to mention is some of the shows, like the um, shows at Chautauqua, the Crafts Alliance, Mm -hmm. and uh, a Syracuse Arts and Crafts show, uh, these shows, because they are not going to happen this year, the organizers have made them virtual sh- as well. So if you missed going to the Crafts Alliance at Chautauqua, you can go to their website and you can actually see the artists that would have been there, as well as links to uh, their web pages and photos of some of the types of work that they do. So I'm actually... Uh, available for looking at in many places, you know, from Instagram to Facebook pages to um, these craft shows that uh, are now virtual. So I'm around, and uh, if you contact me, uh, I'm pretty local, so you can get to me easily and take a look at all the stuff that I make. Uh, One of the things that's interesting is that uh, because of the pandemic, 
I've had more time on my hands. I alluded to that a little bit earlier. So I already have my um, inventory, so to speak, for shows. So I was able to fool around. I'm still doing custom bowls. People have contacted me for custom bowls. But I have time to fool around. So I started to make fairy houses and uh, some functional pottery that I wanted for my own home. And then uh, people have seen it. So I'm now doing, I'm neither doing footed, footed bowls or animals. I'm doing fairy houses and planters. <laughs> nice. So I think during COVID, you have an opportunity to play around a little bit and experiment a little bit, and um, which keeps us all fresher. Um, we don't do the same things over and over again, uh, which you have to do if you're trying to keep inventory. So it's been kind of fun in that regard. No pressure. Right on. Well, I think all my questions are satisfied. Again, Marsha, I really want to appreciate you taking time out and talk with us here on WRFA and Arts on Fire. I should note that uh, people may be familiar with, with your voice because you have appeared on WRFA previously as the moderator for several of the Meet the Candidate forums that the League of Women Voters does. And I, I just want to thank you for always doing that on an annual basis. And it's greatly appreciated by the community uh, around the county as well as down here in the Jamestown area. So thank you for the time you do uh, and devote toward the League of Women Voters. And then, of course, thank you also for your time you devote toward your craft and uh, being uh, one of our, our many talented and wonderful artists here in the Chautauqua region. It is appreciated. Anything else you want to add? Well, I want to say that you're appreciated, too, because without the opportunity to do this interview or for the debates to be uh, recorded and broadcast, that um, that's a wonderful thing for the people that are listening to you, you know, to be able to learn about the candidates or to be able to learn about something that's kind of diametrically opposite, which is art, you know, in a way. I never get to talk about art with candidates, so it's kind of fun to have the opportunity to talk more than listen, and uh, and you guys just do a really great job, too, so I'm happy to be a part of this, and thank you so much for the opportunity to do it. Well, you are very welcome, and again, thank you so much for talking with us today. It's been a pleasure. Again, Marsha Marin's sculptor slash potter talking with us today <laughs> on Arts on Fire, and remember, you can find uh, more of Marsha's work at Nitty Gritty Works. Marsha, thank you so much for talking with us today on Arts on Fire. Thank you very much, Jason. Have a good day.